Danica Connors is back on the show today to talk about Imbolc. Danica has been on the show a few times talking about different Wiccan holidays and how to recognize these traditions and celebrations. So today we're transitioning into Imolk, which is the birth of spring. So Danica is going to talk about the, uh, the ways that we can recognize this beautiful time of the year, how we can embrace the journey into our spring and some of the rituals and beauty around this. Uh, always love Danica being on the show. Deeply grateful and honored for her presence and for her information. Hope you get something out of the talk. We'll see you on the other side. But first, a message from our sponsor. Our healing journey can be difficult and might feel lonely at times. That's why I love sound baths. When we can get together in a community, we intrinsically support and feel supported by others. And that combined energy can help us go deeper into our own healing journeys. And all you have to do is just lay there for one hour and listen to beautiful healing sounds. I'm a sound healing practitioner, and I hold sound baths on a regular basis in the greater Seattle area. You can find my next sound baths on my website at adamrealhealing.com. That's Adam, A-D-A-M, real, R-I-E-H-L, healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Adamrealhealing.com. Your healing is worth your time. And now an uninterrupted podcast with Danica Connors. Right. Welcome back to our show. Uh, today, I'm joined again by my good friend, Miss Danica Connors. Uh, Danica has been on the show numerous times now and will continue to be on the show. Uh, one of the goals that we have with these repeated uh, uh, visits with, from Danica is to talk to us about the pagan holidays and the rituals and celebrations around that. Uh, so far, we've gone through Samhain, Yule, um, winter, winter Solstice. That's Yule, yeah. Yep, right. And then, uh, so now we are working our way towards Imbolc. And I'm very excited to have you here. Uh, I admittedly don't know a lot about these holidays, which is, again, one of the reasons why I have Danica here to kind of give me the first hand. Because I can look at Wikipedia, I can read articles, but I love hearing from somebody that has the passion, the knowledge, the desire. And that's, I mean, you in a nutshell, you're passionate, you're knowledgeable, you have <laughs> desires to like share all this stuff. Um, but before I turn it over to Danica and we really get into this, um, the, uh, you, you shared something with me <laughs> just before we hit record and you know, take this with a grain of salt. I like it a lot. So uh, Danica has been uh, practicing Wicca for a number of years and so recognizes as a Wiccan practitioner. Uh, but also within the past year, she started to study Druids, Druidism. And uh, she just dropped this term on me. Now she is a, wicked and a, a Wiccan and a Druid. And so she recognizes as Wicked. And that makes me so goddamn happy. And so if you have issues with that, I apologize because that tickles me in a special place. I love the etymology of things. And when I know like Wiccan and Druid and put together as Wicked, I'm like, that's just, that makes me smile. So uh, Danica, thank you for being here. Always a pleasure to have you. Um, this is, that's my favorite thing for the week so far. Oh, thank, thank you, Adam. And it's, and it's funny when I think about it, it's like, there are going to be some Wiccans who are like, you can't do that. Right. And then there are going to be some Druids who are like, mm, but mostly Druids will be like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. So I love, I, I was sitting around going, how do I combine those? And I was like, Dricka didn't quite work for me. But when I landed on Wicked, I was like, hmm. Mm. That I'm feels okay right. with that. I'm okay. <laughs> totally okay with that. <laughs> so that no matter what, that at least opens, somebody's going to go, a what? Yeah. Which allows, you know, a moment of connection and education and I and humor, mm -hmm. which you put those three things in the same place when it comes to spirituality, I am all fucking in. Yeah, so. right. 100%. 100%. <laughs> we got to start with that curiosity though. Something yep. sparks the curiosity of like, wait a minute. 
I don't, I don't know if that lands with me. And then you look into it and be like, okay. And then you figure out how you feel about it. Yeah. yeah. This is so funny. Love it. Well, so in bulk is uh, the uh, the next up on our list of uh, celebrations. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I've, uh, I, I pledge ignorance about this, but I do know a tad bit. And so uh, with in bulk, it is more or less a transition into spring. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the uh, uh, St. Brid- Bridget? Brigid? Bridget. Bridget is uh the 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 saint that is recognized with this uh this celebration in Ire, uh in ireland's uh, ter- uh recognition and uh you would mention three things that are recognized with this and it really landed with me when i read it too and it might be a little bit different but basically fire fertility and poetry oh for um so and we'll we'll get into that but yeah. that is that so the goddess bridget Basically, was incorporated when Catholic when Christianity came into Ireland, oh, okay. and she was such a powerful goddess figure. I mean, all over the you know the Celtic lands, mm. such a powerful figure that they could not do anything to get rid of her. Oh, so they okay. completely incorporated her as a saint, and that's right. Saint Bridget. Okay. And she oh, is yeah, still yeah. very, very celebrated to this day. Okay. When, the, when I went to Ireland, you know, there is um, there's a, a beautiful facility that's more of a Christian base that is called Solas Bridget that keeps her flame alive because way back when the priestesses kept her ever living fr- flame. Mm. Just tended it and never went out. Okay. When I went there, you know, there's this entire beautiful area that has the well of Bridget, and she's there, and you see the little red Clutie prayer ties tied to the trees, mm. and she's very, 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 very present. So, you know, if you're talking about more of like an Irish um, pronunciation, it's Bridget, okay. and that's the goddess. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, I have exercised my knowledge in, in bulk now. <laughs> and even and let's and let's tweak it a bit too. In bulk is definitely the American way of saying yes. it. You take out the B. Imolk. It's imolk. 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 Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Imolk right. because it actually means there's a couple of translations around it. It's use milk. Oh, yeah. like a goat. Because yeah, because the sheep. This it's part of. So in this in this time frame, it's. Winter is still very, very present. So okay. sometimes it's really hard uh, to see the fact that spring is coming back. Hmm. And one of the hints was that the it's the birthing of the lambs. It's the lambing season. So when the ewes uh, were lactating. Uh, okay, all right. So imolk, yeah. um, but also it means in the belly. You know, it's the first fetal stirrings mm. in the womb of the goddess, in yeah. the womb of the earth. Well, you know, it's beautiful because... Like you said, like in especially in February in Europe, it's still very much winter. Um, and to me, looking at at at, um, at Yule and solstice, winter solstice, it's the darkest day of the year, right? But it's the knowledge that it's gonna be brighter tomorrow. And it's the knowledge in February that it's going to get a little bit warmer and we're going to see a little bit more of the sun. So it's the knowing. It's that intrinsic knowing. You don't have to see it. Like in the West, we spring is like March, April, when we can see and feel the sun and see the rain coming in and know that it's washing it away and we will... But for me, this is that intrinsic, that, that deep knowledge, that knowing of like, we're, we're still cold as shit, but... We know that it's turning. We know that there's going to be life around the corner. We know that we can almost plant seeds again and start to see the, you know, that start to come up to fruition. Yeah, because Yule 
in the darkest night of the year is only the inception mm. of the light. It's a concept. You don't know. We don't see it. Yeah. It's something deep within that just kind of flicks mm. on, right? And during Imolg, it's more about light than heat. Mm. Okay. Right? We do see, even with winter knocking hard, still at our door in many parts of the, you know, the country, in the world, you, the light is increasing. Mm. That's what you can see. Yeah. We're getting a hair more. Con- the process of the light is coming back. The days are slightly longer. We can actually see that. Yeah. So it's more light than heat. Okay. Um, and that also comes into, you know, how, you know, with Wicca, it's not just tapping into what's happening in the season. It's how we apply it to our lives and how it's about our personal progression as a human. Right. right? So at this time of year, we start working with, what are the things that are birthing within us that are super, super new mm-hmm. and super, super vulnerable? And we don't have any proof. <laughs> There's no proof. Yeah. And how do we have hope when, it, when things like winter is still here? You struggle. February can be the hardest month. Yeah. And we lose hope. How do you protect that little flame mm. that was conceived at Yule and is barely growing right. and doesn't have the strength to withstand the cold and the storms and the wind. Mm. Even within you, what do you do with that? Yeah. So it's, you know, possibilities and how to feed them yeah. are important at this time too. That's beautiful. And it's, you know, it really, it just, it makes me... I used to think in my in my more ignorant days, because I still pledge ignorance, but I used to be more Don't ignorant. We all we yeah, better yeah, totally, right? Yeah, I, mean, I ain't got shit figured out. Please. We tell better me. pledge ignorance. <laughs> I mean, at least some ignorance, or then we're just sitting in arrogance. And that's right, a whole totally. other thing. You know, and it's it's these these intrinsic, these um, almost uh, you know, the intuitive moments that we look back at these are our ancient ancient ancestors and for me i used to wonder like how in the hell do you recognize that right how do you feel that you know the the first i remember the first time i thought about that was when uh when i heard that let's say i think it was the mayans had a map of the stars like how in the hell do they figure that out? You know, in my head at that point in time, decades ago, there were, you know, again, ignorance, I'll pledge ignorance, but, you know, an indigenous group of people that don't have technology in my head, right? Didn't have technology that all they were doing is sacrificing and looking at the sky. Like, how do you figure that shit out? And then I remember one day in a meditation, I don't know why this came up to me, but that kind of idea popped in my head. And this is after I finally started to sit and meditate and start to quiet my mind a little bit. And I have a good friend of mine, Robin, that co-hosts another podcast that I do. And he's like a well of, of sports information, like knows the pitchers and the, the stats and the catches and the fucking touchdowns, all the shit from different sports, different eras, different decades, all the shit. And it hit me. I'm like, well, humans have a really interesting way of accepting knowledge patterns and putting it together. And if you take out all the external stimuli that we have in this current world, like books, Netflix, fucking internet, all the things that take us away from our actual intrinsic knowledge of self. And all I have to do at night 
for decades is look at the sky and that's my quote unquote Netflix. You goddamn right. I'm going to figure it out. You know, if my friend Robin can tell me who struck out Sandy Koufax in the 1972 world series and blah, blah, blah. I can in my head rationalize that an indigenous group of people can look at the sky over and over again and start to see patterns in the human, um, with humans, pattern recognition equals survival. Mm, Right. That's the way our brain works, right? And that's one of the beautiful things about our brain and also the treacherous things about our brain is that it works in patterns. And if your pattern is used to you talking very negatively about yourself or seeing the world in a very disparaging way, that pattern is going to keep manifesting itself in front of you whether you recognize it or not. So, that's true. Uh, the damn human brain. I yeah. know. It is what it is. It's great, though. It, it is. It's really, really great. It is. You know, I think that... Um, you know, being a part, um, also recognizing the the bigger pattern of things, and that's mm. what I like so much about the Wheel of the Year. Yeah, is recognizing that as beings, we are inherently a part. We are nature. Mm-hmm. We forget that quite a bit. What's well, it defined as? The Webster's we Dictionary. Nature. Yeah, I don't know if we've shared this before. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything that is created outside of man, basically. It's like no, no, no. We are nature. We're not. We didn't. We're not separate from it. We are right in there with it. And we are a part of this pattern. Right. And it helps you as you real as you go through. You will touch base with every single one of the big eight festivals those parts of your life you will live through over and over and over again. And being a part of this overall pattern lets you know that it's ever changing. Hmm. It's always moving into the other phases no matter what. And that is really um, healing. Hmm. Healing for to know that you're not stuck in one place forever, but also to know that you are a part of an inherent pattern. That this gorgeous planet has been rolling through since its inception. Right. So, you know, that sometimes it helps me feel a little less small. Also, it helps me remember my humility right. to not be so big. Right. So it ends up creating a balance for me and also a real astounding feeling of being home, mm. feeling like I'm held by divinity. Yeah. I'm held by whatever your sense of spirituality is, but mainly I'm held by this earth, which is my mother. Right. And I am held by her, and it is my job as a pagan to do as much as I physically can to hold her back. It's mm. beautiful. It, we, since we started talking, and and I've and I'm I'm still not fully embracing the um the wheel of life and but through our conversations and the recognition that you've bestowed upon me you know it it adds it it does it adds a little continuity to my life you know i remember the first time somebody talked to me about eating with the seasons it seems so so foreign i'm like no i like blueberries all year round like get effed i'm gonna eat blueberries all year round (laughs) yeah you know but you know when we can really embrace that you know this fruit or vegetable blossoms at this time because of this reason. And because of that, it links up with your physiology and that's going to benefit you. And when that dies off, it's for a reason. And then something else will take its place. And Hey, guess what? Now you have carrots to eat. Like, cool. Carrots are great. They're orange and sweet. I love that. You know, but it's, it adds, it does. It adds this like fluidity 
and, and, you know, we, we all have ancient DNA within us and all of our ancient ones probably practiced in some way, these rituals, these, these uh, holidays, these, these celebrations. And so there is, it's almost like feeling at home again, you know, and, and, and it, it just lands for me in a different way than our Western holidays, you know, like Christmas or Halloween or Valentine's, like the made up holidays, you know, um, it just, it adds a little bit more of familiarity, I think, to the well, path of Valentine's, life. Valentine's, like, has a pagan history. Right, yes. You know, like, all of these things have, you know, it was basically based on Lupercalia, which was, okay. happened in Rome, right at around Imolc. Oh. It is one of the big holidays around this thing, and it was, you know, the Latin of wolf is lupin, mm. uh, lupus, mm-hmm. and they mate for life. Okay. Right, so we're talking, and there's also um, connections between the wolf and Bridget, and there's all these things that kind of let. And Lupercalia was this, you know, people ran around dressed as Pan, like whipping people for fertility rights, and all this like astounding, <laughs> amazing things, okay. right? As certain bits of fertility and life woke back up, awoke back up again. Okay. But we have this kind of. You know, this whole background of St. There's also St. Valentine and the idea of, of him writing a letter to his last love as he was he was literally incarcerated on his way to dying. I mean, there are all these things. But it, Valentine's connects back to Lupercalia. Okay. Lupercalia is a festival of returning light and fertility right at this time. Oh, so right. we can track so, yeah. <laughs> so many of, uh, of these things when we're like oh it's it's just the same thing with a twist right it is yep you know so so much of um you know we all have pagan ancestry all of us all of us because there were hundreds of years of paganism pre-christianity yep across the globe all right so we do have history and it and it's just fascinating to really start dig into it historically and go, oh, that's where that came from. Oh, that's where that, oh, that's where that came from. And it happens, it happens constantly. And it's fun. It's really fun for, you know, we pagans who are like, oh, there that is. Yeah. (laughs) That's how that showed up. Okay. Got it. That's, that's, and it's not even, sure, there's a bit of you inside that's like, we had that. (laughs) But in actuality, it's more about, no, this is a pattern that's been just going on and it changes to adapt to society. Mm. You know, it's it's not necessarily even to say it's wrong. It's just that here in America, it is adapted to fit basically a, well, a Christian on the whole, but it's changing now. It's really, really changing, right? Yeah. But a capitalist white society. Yeah, yeah. So stuff changed to fit that. Right. You know, buy a lot of Valentine's Day cards, chocolates, and make sure you spend, spend, spend. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. But whatever you do, don't do the ritual that yeah. actually had to do with it in the first place. <laughs> because, you know, that has nothing to do with money. Yeah. And that's hooey. That's all That's all woo-woo stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So we only want to spend the money and support the capitalistic God. We don't want to support the other gods. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So, but it, 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 I just find it funny that it never really goes away. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't it just changes grows and changes and adapts and there you go 
Yeah. It's almost like a virus. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. You know, I think viruses actually get a bad rep. You know, yeah. I've a, there's a Dr. Zach Bush I listen to now that talks about how viruses are just packets of information. Yeah. Right? And the packets of information get carried around the world as the world needs them and they land on whatever they land on and either the body accepts it or doesn't but it's the body's choice to accept it or not right we might not be conscious of that awareness but it's still an awareness you know mm-hmm. so yeah i love that okay so in bulk yes uh we start celebrating in february yeah so it's one of those um the in-between on the wheel of the year. Okay. Um, they are the Celtic-driven festivals. Okay. Um, and they are, they usually go from the the day before to the day after, so you usually have two days from dusk through to dusk the next day. So mm. it's usually February 1st through February 2nd. It is, so is dusk, uh, so... For me, dusk is one of those like magical hours. Oh yeah, the in between. Yeah, it's like where where you know the light is kind of dim. It's kind of cloudy. Uh, it's it's believed that a lot of the spiritual beings start to come out, like your little fairies and nymphs and all these things start to frolic around and dusk and dawn and the in betweens is so. Is that kind of leading into why? There's like this dusk dawn kind of start time, and well, we talked I think a little bit about it at Samhain. Is the fact that uh, for many of the Celts, the day started at dusk, not dawn. That's right. I do remember us talking about that. So that's mainly why it goes from one day to the next day, because dusk to dusk technically mm. in our calendar incorporates two days. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Yeah. All right. So it's the it's it's the first and the second. Okay. Um. You know, and sometimes it, like technically, really. That that's kind of how we've landed on it at this calendar. Usually, it was the new moon closest to this time, which we just we went. just passed, right? And yeah. that you know, in many calendars, lunar imbolc. Okay. On that day, all and right. It's a new moon because it's the beginning. You know, I love the concept of this is the time of the first fetal stirrings of spring. Oh, I like that. You know. Yeah. It's that first time where, you know, for women who have been pregnant, it's the first time you feel that little shift, hmm. that little flutter. That's even before the first kick, okay. way before the first yeah. kick, right? It's the fluttering. It's the great, this is the time of the awakening, hmm. right? Yeah. I love that concept. Yeah. You know, it's not fully birthed. This is the awakening time when things are Feeling that pull to life, that pull that just makes you move and shift and change and want and need. Mm. And those stirrings happen before you do anything about it. And they're instinctual yeah. and they're deep, deep within you. So these are the, and it, you know, you may do nothing with those stirrings. Mm hmm. Right? That's the other thing is thinking about what that is for yourself and how you're going to react to them. But right now, you know, even in my window box, there are these teeny tiny shoots of yarrow coming up <laughs> all over the place. And I went, hello, Imbolc. <laughs> hello. How are you? Uh-huh. So lovely to see you. Oh, that's beautiful. Kind of thing. Um, so, you know, we're celebrating the beginning of the stirring of spring. We are celebrate the light returning Mm -hmm. right because technically out of all of the eight festivals it is the one most associated with the goddess 
Oh, okay. Right. And but I tend to even in my in my own practice, I tend to have them both in there in most cases as much as I can. Um, but Imolk is the goddess in many traditions. Okay. Where where summer solstice is the god. Right? Gotcha. Okay. But it depends upon you know what your form of paganism is that might shift or change or however it is. And that's what I love about being able to celebrate this stuff. This basic bones, do what you want. Mm-hmm. Really. Um, so, but this is the time when, you know, in the Eleusinian mysteries, in the great myth of Demeter and Persephone, okay. right? In Greece, this was the time when Persephone returned from the underworld to the surface of the earth. And Demeter who was the mother goddess of the earth, in her joy, allowed the earth to bloom again. Mm. Right? This is the time for Bridget to step back out upon the land and spread her light Mm. in order to wake everything back up. Okay. The symbol is water and fire out of the womb Right, this is where we're getting very goddess and female oriented things. Mm-hmm. It is out of the womb, the waters of life, okay. that the fire of consciousness and birth and life comes out of. Right? Mm. So again, another very feminine moment. Yeah. When um uh children, the birth of offspring. Bridget protected children. Mm. You know. So offspring being born into this world and the blessings of children big for this time right. as well. But, you know, Bridget is a goddess of fire and water. But she was also, she was a triple goddess too. Um, she also was the earth mother and the protector of the hearth fires as well. So we have this, um, the sympathetic magic of, of asking her to come back. Mm. And walk across and wake up us, yeah, the planet, everything, mm. you know. But again, once again, it's more about light than heat. Right. So there's a lot against sympathetic magic of candles. If there's, this was also, this time by Christianity was called Candlemas. Okay. This was the time when uh, Jesus as a baby, I think something like 40 days old, was presented into the temples. Mm. This is uh, the time where the virgin goddess was pure. The virgin Mary was purified. Okay. We all know what virgin means now. We went over that last one. Yes, we did. Um, <laughs> but it's Candlemas. Yeah. Um, processions of people with lit candles in multiple cultures for multiple reasons. That's just magic that brings the light back. Yeah. It's like a magnet. Yeah. There is something to that, you know, I I think there's a, there's, I've been reading about this a bit, but it's the the combined consciousness, right? And it's, it's the the combined belief, right? When we all, or when there's like a mass of people that believe in a thing, it changes the energy of how that is received and it adds to the actuality of that belief. Um, And, you know, again, like in those, in those days where, we were more in touch with ourselves, with nature, with the world, with earth, with the spirits and all that things. There is like this intrinsic knowledge that, that can't be really bucked, right? It's like, I feel this, I know this, you know? 
And, and when you have that many people that have that similar kind of mindset and are still showing up with their candles, showing up for these, these ceremonies and these rituals, it adds to the acceptance of what is happening in that, that realm. And it allows for that to be instead of this, this, you know, questioning now, I don't feel that you shouldn't feel that either. This isn't really real. This is all hooey, blah, 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 you know, and then that narrative starts to get more out there and it kind of dims the light of the magic a little bit. Yeah. And you, it's, but one of the things I also like is, you know, for people who are very science-based and are yeah. atheists and all that stuff, I'm like, great. When you look outside, what is waking up? Outside, you, as mm -hmm. a scientist, can look at those shoots. Right. You don't have to associate that with divinity in any way, shape, or form. Right. But honoring that as something special and unique, that's all we're doing. Yeah. That is it. Okay. Really. And you don't, and I love, you don't have to attribute it to a god or a goddess or divinity or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Whatever, if that's great, but it's still special. And it still repeats itself every year. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. You know, that's a good way to look at it. It's like just, just honoring the fact of this, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you have your science-based knowledge of it, honor the fact that, hey, we're, we're growing shit again. There's light out. Mm -hmm. It's going to get warmer. This is great, yeah. right? Let's embrace this while we can because we know in th three or four months it's going to get cold again. And things are going to start dying off when we go back into our in internal spaces. And it's that, yeah, I love that. You know, take the, take the, the, the mystical, take the, 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 you know, the intuition out of it and just look at the actual facts in front of you. Yeah, if that's how you want to grow. Mm -hmm. Then there's somebody like me and I'm like, oh, no, that's Bridget watching, walking right. straight across <laughs> yeah, the exactly. There we yeah. go. <laughs> you know? And so it makes room for wherever you are with it. Yeah. You, there's no way to get around. You're going to acknowledge what's happening. Mm-hmm. And because in reality, those eight festivals, these eight festivals are agricultural festivals. They are based on what is happening so that we can grow, survive, be a part of it. Hmm. But they were agricultural festivals. Right. You know, that's <laughs> you know, something to think about. We, um, it, and with, with Imbol, there were, there were many things because of this light hmm. returning that we kind of, worked with like it's also a time of initiation okay like we know the concept of initiation you're beginning but in spiritual traditions initiations are huge right they are full-on mind-blowing or no they're always mind-blowing no matter how <laughs> dramatic or quiet they actually are um but initiations are the time where you make vows and commitments to your spirituality. Okay. Or to whatever it is that it should be. But initiations deal with moments of, of testing and challenge and, and, and doubt and all of these things. And what do you do with it? And what are you really committed to? Mm. Right? So initiations and renewal of vows. Okay. Big thing. Yeah. At this time too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, if you, if you are very drawn to working with a specific god or goddess, right? Mm -hmm. If you do something like make a vow around this time, please understand, this is not an American vow. You can't just get a lawyer and back out. <laughs> 
I, I, I got a question with that. Uh, I love that, by the way. <laughs> but so, okay. So we're making these vows, right? And to me, that makes sense, right? We're changing the seasons. This is where things start to get planted so they grow, right? Mm-hmm. So that all makes sense to me. And I, I understand this is probably a Western thing we've fallen into, but is this the reason why a lot of New Year's resolutions fail is because we make them in the wrong time of the year with the wrong kind of intention behind it? Like we're not, again, we're not moving with the flow of the world, right? Because the New Year's resolutions, January 1st, we're still, right, we're just cresting past solstice. We're just getting to a point to where there's light, but it's still not safe to plant things because mm-hmm. the ground's still frozen. It's risky. Right. It's so, really risky right now. You know, are we, are we kind of setting ourselves up for failure by setting our intentions in the wrong time of the year and then creating these stories and beating ourselves up about not fulfilling this intention when the intention shouldn't have been set anyways. It wasn't the the quote unquote, I mean, I guess there's no wrong time. Today could be an intention, right? Today, tomorrow, I can set an intention for being whatever. But we do this as a mass scale and we have this delineated kind of day to start this stuff. Do you feel any kind of like... Um. I don't think there's any appropriate time. I think when you choose to make, whenever you choose to make a vow is mm-hmm. great. Doing vows during times of, of burgeoning beginnings, you do have some energy behind it mm, okay. to support you. At least that's what I I work with. Right. I mean, however, whether you get through and hold to your vows and promises, that's another thing. That's personal how you choose to do that or not, what your vow is, what tools do you have to make sure you're doing uh, checks and balances as to where you are in those vows and how important that vow actually is. Right. Once you actually, you know, come to terms with what, you know, my vows as a Wiccan mm-hmm. were vows for this lifetime. Mm. And, you know, really good teachers during those vows, they're like, Please understand, once you do this, there is no way to go back through that door ever. Yeah. And Americans are just used to being able to get out of anything whenever they need to. Yes. Yes. So, please understand that if you initiate or create vows around Imolk, Mm -hmm. it's a much bigger thing than you think. Yeah. I uh, I had my own experience with that recently, and uh, it's one of those careful what you ask for kind of things, you know, just same as what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, I've uh, in my personal journey through life, I've been working on my stories, right? The stories I tell myself, I'm very aware of them now. And, uh, and in this last maybe two months, I've just kind of experienced these kind of like bouts of depression and... Um, and in this kind of like chaoticness in my head where I feel so connected to everything at times and then I feel completely disassociated. And I feel like I'm so like done with the energies in my body that no longer serve me. I feel like I'm gonna throw up at any point in time. Right. Oh, and it's like this yeah. this very just kind of tumultuous feeling inside my body right now. And uh, and I was I've I got to a, a breaking point a couple weeks ago and sat down in meditation. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? Like mm-hmm. I called all my guys. I'm like, 
I don't know what I need, but I need help. I need help. This is this is dumb. I'm worse off than I ever was before I started this journey when I was still doing drugs and drinking all the time. I feel like I'm 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 worse off than I was then, right? And uh, and I basically just like just had this breakdown and I sat there after I was done pleading and I just had took a couple breaths and the first thing that kind of came to my head was careful what you ask for because you've been asking to be connected. You've been asking to do this work. You've been asking to find your path. You've been asking. You've been asking. This is your answer. You got to clear the shit out. I'm like, fuck. I d- I, I'm doing this to myself. But at the same time, like as much as like that, that first ping of like, oh, God, I did this myself. I'm like, oh, no, I did this for myself. Like I asked for this. Ooh, I, I need like to that. unravel this shit so I can move forward into my path because I know that there's a bigger purpose for me in this world than just when my past was drinking and working in restaurants and doing that shit, right? It served a purpose. It's great. But now I've asked for a clearer path. I've asked for more purpose. I've asked for understandings. And hey, guess what? It's not always fucking rainbows and sunshines. That shit fucking hurts sometimes because we got to get through the shit that we've built up so we can see the pureness inside of us. So that to me is like, you know, like we, <laughs> yeah, careful what you ask for because it, it's going to come. Right. And when you're ready for it, you're not ready for it. Doesn't matter. It's going to come. Right. And it usually, you know, you think through it and you, and believe me, we're human. We think through all the pros and cons. <laughs> I made a list. What do I do this? <laughs> but then it comes in a way that you could never have expected. And it is realer than anything you've, I, I just, I can't, the, the level of what has happened to me since my own initiations, and mm. every time I look back on you, there's this part of you that goes, I didn't ask for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Let me clarify first. <laughs> I didn't. And you just feel the gods smiling right. from ear to ear going, I, we know, honey, we knew when you took the vow. Right? And uh-huh. sometimes your teachers, you know, as teachers, we know. And that's part of the wisdom of getting older. It really, really is, is. Is knowing that all the enthusiasm of the young is the enthusiasm. It is going to come at you in ways that you never expect, in ways that are more joyous, in ways that are far more painful. Yeah. It is, it is, you, it's not going to be controlled, no matter what you think. <laughs> and you sit back, and, and there's a part of you, at least now me in my 50s, and you know there are people in their 80s looking at me going, you're just a baby. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm looking at people in their 30s going, you're just a baby. Uh-huh. Right? But you, we look, and we go, oh, you have no idea what's coming. Right. And thank goodness, because then you wouldn't go. Right, yeah. I've I've found so much peace and solace in the confusion of my 40s and and love it so much because there's so much knowledge that comes with that. And I think it's it's it might be masked as confusion but it's really just shaking up what I thought I knew. You know, so that could be the the confusion I feel when there's real information now coming in that that goes through my ego, bypasses it, doesn't get filtered through my ego and is 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 read and understood by by clear consciousness. And it's it's a whole other ball game with that. It really, it really, really, really is. Yeah. You know, swinging back, I was just thinking of you know the concept of the those um, you know those New Year promises and all those mm-hmm. things. I I think we put too much pressure uh. on ourselves, right? Um, Imolk 
is not the time to do do do. Imolg is time to sit still with the stirrings. Mm. Just wait. That's hard. Wait and feel what is stirring in you. And it's not good and it's not bad. It just is. Yeah. But it's enough. It doesn't have to be more. You don't have to do, 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 do. Right. It is the awakening. You know, we would all prefer when we wake up in the morning to open our eyes and allow for awakening. But we don't. Mm -hmm. The alarm goes off and we hit the ground and we run. We do. It's very, very American. Right. Imolk is about how you wake up on your day off. Hmm. You're waking up. Don't do more because then you're going to break something. <laughs> you haven't stretched yet. Right. Yes, which exactly. Means you might tweak something out. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, tweak, tweak something out. It's like, well, you got to. Imbolc is about getting excited mm. because something's coming. Yeah. You know, I love that concept i wrote a poem that i like to put in um uh in the immolk rituals you know poetry you know bridget bridget is a triple goddess of healing smithcraft and poetry Mm. right so poetry at this time write a poem Mm. you want to celebrate immolk i don't care if you think you're a poet i don't care write some poetry i love writing haikus write whatever comes out and offer it yeah. to Bridget on this day, mm. right? Yeah. Um, sing a song, play a piece of music. Yeah. But something of your, you know, uh, try to make it of your creation. And I love, believe me, there are poets who are far better than me and do this <laughs> far better than I do. And I, oh, you know, their writing inspires me. But there is something in Druidism called Awen. Okay. And it is the energy of creativity and inspiration that flows through all, that comes through the gods mm. and reality and comes through you to create in this lifetime. Yes. Right? The artists always in Druidism, the bards mm. sought the Owen. Okay. Right? Yeah. And the Owen is what we ask for now in Imbol. Right. The Awen is the great awakening. Right. Right. So it's funny. I don't consider myself a poet, but every once in a while, all of a sudden, blam, it comes right through me. Right. And I have no idea how it showed up yeah. and I'm not a poet. Hmm. And I just wrote a poem in 30 seconds. What just happened? And you can feel it. It just moves yeah. like lightning alive through you and out on the other end. And you're standing on the other end and you go... I was just a vessel. I have no idea what just occurred. And art just happened. Yeah. And the Owen just birthed a whole different thing. Yeah. Right? And we have to be careful not to judge any of that. Right. What comes out is between you and the gods. And let it happen. Yeah. Right? So, you know, we always talk about what can you do for yourself? You know, what? how can you celebrate this on your own during mm-hmm. these things? First of all, light a candle. Yeah. And look at that candle. I love candle gazing. Sit there, do a little fire scrying. Just that candle is a representative of the awakening. 
It's not a bonfire. Yeah. It is the great stirring. Mm. Awflame. And just awflame, however you want to call And sit there and think about what's, or just be, mm. right? See what stirs. What is new? What is just beginning yeah. through you? And if you want to really go go for it, I love doing this. I do this in my big rituals where um, you get a bowl mm-hmm. um, or a plate or cup. I don't care, right? And put a tea light, uh, fill it with water okay. and put a tea light in it and shove that in the freezer. Okay. Ice it down. Yeah. So when you light it on Imolk, it's going to melt. Harky waterfalls melt. That's beautiful. Well, look at the flame there. Yeah. Out of the waters of the cauldron of the mother comes the flame of life. Wow. And you can do that with just floating water, but this is spring here. Yeah. We're cold, and this is magic to me. Hark, ye waterfalls, melt ye frozen winter walls. Right. Mm. And that is that is um, a quote from because um, I'm you know I'm a musical theater gal from way back when. Yes, you are. That you know that was from the musical Secret Garden way back when. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. And the song that um, one of the characters sings about spring. Mm. You know, that line is in it. Nice. And I've always listened to that song and I'm like. God, it's a giant invocation. <laughs> this is amazing. So when you, that, you light that candle mm-hmm. in the frozen water, it's going to melt. Yeah. You know, and meditating on that, I love it. I just love it. That's beautiful. Um, so that's something that you can, you can definitely do. Yeah. Read, read some poetry. Mm. Do a little fire and ice. Yeah. Fire and water. A little candle meditation on that day. It's very simple. And also, I, I like, you know, take a look, get outside. Always see what you can do about getting outside. And be take a look at what's stirring. Hmm. Something is stirring. The birds are singing differently now already. Right. We're seeing different things track. Things are budding. Things are out here. We're lucky. In the Pacific Northwest, this stuff comes earlier than the East Coast, where I used to be from. <laughs> right now, the East Coast is looking at us going, oh, you spoiled biddies. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but, you know, and biddy is a is a term, an old term for bridge. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Old biddy. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, because one of the, one of the, um, so some of the beautiful and believe me, we could sit here and do an entire episode on Bridget alone, mm. right? But some of the the lovely things that were done to celebrate her mm-hmm. um, have you know, there was a, a corn dolly that was made by the maidens that would uh, take you know the young women dressed in white would take this corn dolly around to all the homes, right? Okay. And some in some traditions it would be old Biddy knocking at the door, <laughs> and they would you know give because it's a dairy festival they'd be do honey cakes and oh. and, and cheese and dairy and, and you know all these kinds of things which are great. Um, but there's also this um, one of the beautiful kind of myths around it is um, the kayak is a uh, an Irish crone hag. 
Ah, okay. And at this time, there are two different versions of it. This is the one that I kind of like. But the Koyach um, would go to the holy well at Imolk. And by having the waters put on her, she transformed into Bridget, who walked the land. Interesting. Right. So, old Biddy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We have this transforming, which we see a lot of, of crone into maiden, into mother, into crone, into maiden, into mother. And that's what Bridget is. She's all three, right? Okay. There's also one of the other stories is that the Koyach um, uh, hid away Bridget, like in her, or in a, uh, in her cave. I'm not sure if it was a cave, but it was the Koyach's son that came to uh, save Bridget. Okay. So we have also this combination of the goddess lures the god okay. out and into this land again, yeah. right? And to find her. You know, he would come because she's his ever-living partner for all eternity mm. through God, goddess, and, and maiden mother crone and all of that. So when she comes out, when the goddess comes out into the land, it is because she's here that the young sun god comes and follows. Ah, wow. So it's, you know, some pretty cool shit. That's great. To take a look at. Yeah. You know, but that's where that old bitty, because, you know, the koyach turns into Bridget. Yeah. You know, there's some brilliant, brilliant things. That's beautiful. The, the etymology of, of, of just things is just so beautiful. Because, I mean, I've heard old bitty. I thought old bitty was probably like from the 50s. You yeah. Know? I thought it was just like, oh, my grandma used to say that. No, my grandma's 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 told me that. Your European Celtic grandma, 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 whoever exactly. that is. But then yeah. how it like, you know, how it spread into something else. But that's, I, that's. A lot of those things, and it's hard because I, I'm, I am Irish, so it's super easy for me to just roll into doing these festivals by going, it's in bulk, hello, Bridget, yeah. right? But what I try very hard to do is, it, I, I, I think it's as important that there is the goddess and the god in all of these, right, for me, anyway, yeah. and that it's... Whatever goddess of the protectress of fires and water and spring and all that stuff, whatever floats your boat, grand. But to me, it is the goddess that brings the light back. Hmm. And however you want to look at that, have fun. There you go. That's beautiful. With um, you, you'd mentioned initiations earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the initiations? Because I mean, that's it, and for me and my my journey. I've actually got a couple of books I'm reading through right now. <clears throat> you know, that's one of the things that I think is not just me. It's you know commonly talked about, but it's kind of missing in this world right now is the initiations between stages of life and oh, getting yeah. us ready to get to that next stage and that next stage and appreciating the stage we were at, but embracing that next stage that we're going towards. Yeah. Um, so what are some of those initiations that kind of get us ready for Imolk? Um, well, so when I say initiations, mm-hmm. it was more of when um, you were committing yourself to a priest or priestesshood. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, it's also in the Wiccan tradition, uh, there are three degrees. Okay. Uh, first, second, and third. And at those, those were the times where you would take your vows. Mm, okay? okay. So in most traditions, you would have been studying for a year and a day. Gotcha. And then on Imolk, you 
have your initiation. Okay. Right? Um, at least that's in, in Wicca. In other places, like, not everybody does it that way, but it is something that I love. Mm. Uh, that's how I, and you renew your vows on that day, All right. however you want to do it. And for some people, um, you know, engagements mm. happen on Imolk. Yeah. You know, it's the engagement. It's the stirring. It's not the wedding. Not the wedding itself, but the, it's the engagement. initiation it's of... It's the initiation, oh, right? Yes. Which I love, you know. And I think initiations are very, very important. Like yeah. now, I am uh, in the process, finally, of developing and creating my initiation because I'm officially a crone. Ah. I have not bled for two and a half years. It'll be three years soon. Okay. So officially... I am now stepped over that line. That's a crone. Okay. Right. So it is one of those places that is, I feel that is massively important, important to acknowledge Mm -hmm. and initiate Right. for women. It's really important because older women in this society are basically looked at as useless. Yes. It's a hundred percent. I'm so sick of that. Whether it is, you know, wherever these points of transition for us as humans, you know, Graduation is an initiation, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big one yeah. for, for a lot of people. Um, and motherhood for the first time for those who go through that route. Right. Puberty for both boys and girls. Right. You know, there are all these things that should be marked. And celebrated. Right? In yeah. some way. And these are, you know, these are big, big, big transitions. The type... That I think of initiation at Imbolc is the initiations of your connection to spirituality. Hmm. At least that's how I look at it. It yeah. can be anything you really want. But for me, it is definitely about your commitment to your gods, to your processes of spirituality, and what they, that is for you. Yeah. That's what it is a little bit more for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm always happy to hear. Um, especially this time right now, when people embrace the stages of the archetypical life that, that we walk towards. And in, in my opinion, and we've, I've had conversations with multiple people on the show about this, but you know, we, we, so I'm, I'm 42, my parents, so I grew up in the eighties and nineties and, and in that generations, we had countless anti-aging creams, anti-aging serums, you know, workout, workout, don't feel old, feel young, blah, 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 everything to get us away from elder eldership, more or less. And <clears throat> so what I'm seeing, and in, in, this is shared by, by others, is that there's this, almost this ignorance that's sweeping across the, the lower, the, the, the preceding generations, because that information isn't being passed down. Because if we're not embracing the age and the stage of our life, then how can we embrace the wisdom, the knowledge and the duty that goes with that? So if I don't, if I never embrace my sageness, when I get to that, then I can't really fully embrace the wisdom that goes with that. So I can impart that to the next generation that's coming up. So we have this group of, of peoples, that are starved of information because their parents refuse to reach their their archetypical kind of understanding of where they need to be. And so 
one of my goals right now in life is to be okay with getting older every day and embrace it and love it and know that I when I, when, that I have information that I've gained over the years that might be applicable to somebody that's coming up behind me. Maybe somebody up front of me, who knows? But, but embracing that stage so that we can be ready to impart that wisdom to the next generation so then they can feel the, the setup so that they can work towards their sage and croneship and impart towards their generations below them, right? And then we get back to that passing of wisdom and knowledge instead of this like, I'm 80 years old and I feel 30. No, you don't. No, no, not at all. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Let's Good for you, right? Feel 30. That's awesome. But like, also understand that you're an 80-year-old person that has tons of wisdom that if you embrace your 80-year-old person this, then all that wisdom can be imparted down. And there's the transition of the Koyak into Bridget. Mm. Mm, okay. You carry Get the cycle, the wisdom of the Koyak mm. into the the virgin stage of, or the maiden stage of, Bridget. Right. She's always, and that's what I love about the concepts of triple goddesses. They're always on a spiral. It's always the constant, and so that you know you're always going to be a part of these no matter what. Right. Right where the wisdom of one generation comes into the beginnings of another and they take that information and birth it into something that is that plus something else mm. and they take that into the wisdom of what their koilach becomes and then it just keeps continuing and continuing and continuing. So for me, to honor and worship the triple goddess is to honor that process mm. for all of us. Yeah. It kind of goes to the idea of the yes and, mm -hmm. right? It's like, yes, that worked. And now we're going to grow off that and build. So the next generation can say yes. And now this, because we've got some different information and we've got some different knowings because you've set that up to give us the freedom to see the knowing. And then we'll take that and impart that. And then that next generation, yes, and, mm -hmm. right? And this is beautiful process. You know, it's like the the yugas of the Hindu lore. Right? Every yuga is twenty five thousand, like twenty six thousand five hundred ninety years, I think it is. And there's four yugas, and right now we're fabled to be in the Kali Yuga, which is the yuga of ignorance, and we're cresting towards the back end of that yuga, and uh, and then right around the corner is the yuga of of everything making sense, right? Because the yuga of ignorance is right before the yuga of everything saying, hey, now we're going back to everybody being gods and goddesses and understanding their divinity and understanding how they're magical creatures. We can create, we can destroy, but we know it. It's not something that's surprising to us. And then through that, we start to get ignorant again, right? And then we get a little bit, and there we go. You know? And the thing, we have this really horrible negative connotation around the concept of ignorance, right? Mm. And that is where... Um, you need to not know. Yeah. You need to not know. Yeah. In order to progress. Isn't there are so many things that you wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Like we, we get into issue, issues with this in initiatory situations. Okay. In groups that deal with initiation. And I'm going to get set on fire for this. <laughs> Secrecy is important. It's not about withholding information for you because you don't deserve it or I'm have my power over you or blah, 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 blah. You take away the ooh-ah factor, right? Which is a dramatist as an ex-theater person. <laughs> don't take my ooh-ah away. 
That's why then I'm here. Ca- then catharsis is missed. Uh-huh. You skip catharsis. You take, you also, if you give everybody, if everybody knows everything before they walk in, you take away the ability for somebody to, well, for lack of a better phrase, grow a pair in (laughs) the unknown. You have to face the unknown and the fear in order to really find out what you're made of Mm. and what you do in spite of that fear. And that only occurs when you don't know. Yeah. So it's a control issue. When you're like, no, no, I need to know everything. And you'd be amazed when it comes to initiations, people want it, but they want to know everything about uh-huh. it. And I look back and I'm like, nope. And they get angry yeah. and afraid. And in the back of my head, I go, oh my God, I'm a crone. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm smiling in my mind going, uh-huh. you're doing exactly what you're supposed to. Oh, right now. God, I love that. Isn't this interesting? Uh-huh. I remember doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is really interesting. So I I believe that secrecy and ignorance in certain situations is key to development. Well, I think, you know, that's that's beautiful. I mean, there there's an idea that, you know, we're we're all put here to figure something out, right? Our human existence is to, you know, figure out life and we live from all different aspects of life and blah, blah, blah. So there needs to be ignorance because if we were birthed back into this world with the ideas and the understandings that we might have as spiritual beings, then it'd be like, hey, what you know, cool, I'm I'm in this world. Yeah, that's an emotion. Got it, understood, right? But we have to find the ignorance. We have to be ignorant and learn it ourselves. Have that healthy kind of like understanding of like, why does this do this the way it does? Why does this person feel like that when I talk to him like that? Why does this person look at me like that when I talk to him like that? Like if we just knew everything, there'd there'd be no lessons to learn. So that ignorance is like a layer of necessity. Like we got to fight through that. And sometimes we live in our ignorance and it's like, I'm just going to be ignorant. And that's, that's the journey too. But it's that understanding of your ignorance and then the question of like, well, how can I not be ignorant? What can I do to add information and add value to this, this stuff that's coming in? (gasps) There you go. Oh, now you're curious. Oh, that's fun. All right. Let's layer on that, you know, and it's beautiful, right? Because if we just knew everything, I got the word remember tattooed on my fingers, like, because we're forgetful. Like I forget shit all the time, right? Whether it's like where I put my keys or like how to get myself out of depression, right? Anything in between. I forget. And when the funny thing is, is knowing where you are in that process, you know, when we forget and part of the point is, you know, to forget yeah. in order to remember in a different way. But what I like is it, once for me, once you start, once I know these eight posts, these signposts in a year, mm-hmm. right? You can apply wherever you are in your life to one of those seasonal energies, whether you're actually in the seasonal energy or not, mm. because People who grieve or going through grief are in Samhain for a long time. Yeah. But it's like, right, I'm in Samhain. Let's not pretend it's summer solstice. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's like in a project development, oh my God, I'm in Imbolc. I'm in Imbolc. It's not time to do. Mm. It's not. It's time to 
I like, the, uh, instead of brainstorm, I like calling it, especially when it's in Imbolc, I like spirit storming. Instead. Oh, yeah. You know, instead yeah. of brainstorming, I like spirit storming. But it's, it's oh, it's time to spirit storm. Mm-hmm. This is more about where the, where is the inspiration coming and how do I let that sit? Yeah. You know, it, it's having an awareness of what actually is instead of pretending that you're somewhere else. Yeah. And it also lets you know, you're, no matter how long that phase lasts, it will change. It will. Yeah. There is nothing on the planet than coming out of grieving times into an immolk phase. Mm. You just sit there in tears going, it's starting. The awakening is starting. Yeah. So I, I think these signposts also help us kind of be realistic in different ways okay. and supported in our own personal processes. Yeah. So like taking the idea of these eight pillars, these eight signposts like you talk about, and yes, they lay over our calendar year, but they can also lay over our humanity. Mm-hmm. And depending on where I'm at in my human experience of whatever emotional thing I'm going through, it might be, like you said, it might be July, but I've had somebody pass and now I'm in Samhain, mm-hmm. right? And layering that on top of your humanity and then saying, okay, cool. So now we're going to be in Samhain for a little while. What's next? Mm-hmm. Yule, we start to see the light. It might be dim, it might be dark, but there's going to be light eventually. And then guess what? Something's going to start growing. Yeah. It's going to happen. You're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to be okay. Ah, fuck, I love that. Yeah, and that I, that's why, like, when you're stuck in one phase, because I know the wheel, when Mm. I'm stuck in one phase, the wheel ever turns. I know this. I know what the next phase is. Yeah. It, I have not seen people jump from Samhain to solstice, (laughs) summer solstice. Yeah. You go through all the others to get there. Right. These aren't ones that you can jump out of. It happens in an order, in a cycle. Hmm. To appreciate the cycle. Yeah. You know, it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, man. All right. Um, oh, man. That was... Thank you. That was a good tangent. The little tangent there. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've gone over some of the um, uh, the versions of initiations that we talked about. You mm-hmm. clarified that, which is beautiful. Uh, some of the uh, the traditions that we have. Um, so it, any other kind of customs or rituals that are noteworthy to talk about for Imolk or maybe how to get ready for the next phase of what's after Imolk? Yeah, so some of the other customs because of Bridget is um, um, blessing your home and your hearth. Okay. Um, inviting those goddesses of the light into your home. You know, so making a bridge cross. You know, you can look that up online. That cross actually it doesn't look like a Christian cross. It looks okay. more like a solar sun wheel. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And it was made out of rushes. Um, and it is a symbol of bridge. And I, mine, I, I think I... I have so many breeze crosses. It's crazy. Uh, but there is one that my aunt, who is a Catholic nun, when she went to Ireland, brought me back. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought, when I went to Ireland, I brought one back. Wow. Um, literally, I, I have the one that when I went to Ireland for my 50th birthday, um, I went to Solas Bridge and I said, you know, I would love to be able to pick up a, a breeze cross. She goes, we have one from the last ritual. Would you like it? I was like, wow. 
I'm sorry. Well, yes, I would. I'm in the right place. Thank Clearly, you. I'm in the right place. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But it sits over your doorway because she's also, she protects the, you know, the entrance in between mm. and out, like at their... Um, the breed's bed was known where you'd take the corn dolly. Okay. And the women, um, the childbirthing women, would call Bridget in, right? Who, as that corn dolly, you'd put it in a bed of mm. some, like a little, you know, whatever you want to make a little bed. or it, It's almost like a um, like a child's rocker, almost. Okay. But you'd, you'd put that in there, and that's the bride bed. And you would throw, like, some nuts or some acorns in there as yeah. the fertility symbol that would draw uh, <laughs> the god into it, which I, I love in every way. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, I, I love the, the how literal we right. can get <laughs> totally. as, as ceremonialists, as ritualists. Uh-huh. And to me, it's like, right, that's exactly what you would do. Right. Why <laughs> wouldn't you do that? Who's got some nuts? You know? right. <laughs> it's so funny because some of these things, it's like I can draw the line eventually. Like, oh, I can see where that's coming from. But then there's some that's just like, no, that just makes sense. Yes. Like, good for you. There's a little comedy in there too. That's, to, me, that, to me, that's a big thing because I think um, a lot of the time in paganism, um, there is a, a incredible openness to, towards sexuality. Mm. Because it is a part of life. Yeah. It is a huge part of life. And the expression of that is glorious. And so there's, you will always find humor around the fertility sexual reference in pagan groups. We're all like, right. yes, who's got the nuts? Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> there it goes. Which, which makes me laugh. And <coughs> but like I said, candles, that's a biggie. Um, uh, some of, I'm trying to think, I think we've hit almost all of the types of, traditions that i do red and white Mm. are big okay white is that purity of the light coming back but it's also what happens with the shift over in the maiden the white because in ireland they would dress in white white candles going from so white is a big but i also like adding red in there okay because red is also the sun king Mm -hmm. coming in there um so red and white themes are great dairy themes i like leaving out a little milk and honey mm. on from the first to the second yeah a little milk and honey for the spirits to invite bridge in yeah all the kind of thing and is the the milk you mentioned it's it's, it's a, a you festival right well it's basically it was in agricultural times it was the lambing the it lambing, was the time right. of lambing right and so, so is that like the dairy kind of wrapped up in yeah, the, the dairy is in the milk because yeah as as they gave birth and the ewes were lactating, there was a lot more milk available. And I believe there's a, was it Scottish or Norse? I can't remember which one. But they would make at this time. It was like a, um, it was like apples and mead and uh, milk and honey and mm. all of it into one thing. That was like the drink for the evening. Oh. I have to find a recipe for that because I've been dying to make that, that sounds really good yeah i've been dying to make that um so yeah dairy dairy is a bit so you know even leaving out a bit of cheese mm. you know yeah uh, because you went without right until when you saw the lactation you're like oh my god milk and cheese yes it's back oh my yes. god <laughs> oh my god it's uh-huh. It's not, that's not even an oh my god. It is oh my goddess. It's go. a lactating thing. Uh-huh, so yeah. yes, this is oh my goddess. Milk and cheese. Uh-huh. You know, bring it on. God. Um, so yeah, the, and then I the other thing that I like about the ice, the fire and ice candle kind of thing when you do that, 
when you blow it out, imagine that energy just going out across the earth mm. and across the world, the way the goddesses of spring at this time walk across the planet in order to do that. Wow. So mm. there's that. That's beautiful. I think those are, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? No. I feel like I've hit everything. I, I feel very, very informed. <laughs> um, now, also poetry, oh, right? Yes. And there was a, a poem that you wanted to read. Yes. And uh, uh, so you mind kind of setting us up with this and uh, where it's coming from and all yeah, that fun stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So this is, when I found this poem, I have been reading it in ritual and group ritual ever since. Mm. It is one of my favorite um, poems for this time of year, and it was written by Caroline um, Mellor. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. Okay. And so just to, you know, to close this and wrap this up with a gift of someone's creativity mm. to Bridget. Um, and it's called I'm the Dream of Awakening. Okay. Okay, so I am the dream of awakening. I am the returning of the light. I am the tough green shoot pushing up through the paved stones. I am the first kiss of sunlight on the unfurling petals of the snowdrop. I am the wind which whispers the gentle pull of home to the migratory bird. I am the drop of ice melting on the mountains with its great dream of the ocean. I am the sap rising in the blossom tree just before it reveals its sticky buds to the sky. I am the riotous celebration humming away beneath the earth's mantle of frozen sleep. I am the rousing of the bee from its winter slumber and the soft pad of the mother wolf's paw on the snow as she prepares to birth her pups. I am hope, potential, rebirth and promise. I am the kindling breath which transforms the flicker of inspiration in your creative core into a blazing torch. Give me the silent crescent moon rising over the sea and I will build you a bridge of silver light so you can walk up and lie in it. Give me the frost-hardened wilderness and I will breathe radiant green life over it. Give me the healer, the writer, the craftsperson, and the storyteller, and I will replenish her essence and make her new again. I am Brija, Bast, Inanna, and Hestia. I am the fierce protectress of the sacred fire. Tonight, I bestow my gifts of power and courage at the hearth of your soul power to step out of the shadows of self-doubt and negativity, which have held you in darkness for too long, power to shed all that which no longer serves you, and courage to clear your heart and mind for the dawn that awaits you. I am time to honor your unique gifts for their true worth and to protect and nurture your creative self as you would a child. I am the deep longing of the spirit which refuses to be consumed by a narrative of fear and chooses instead to place itself vivaciously on the side of love. I am the stirring in your belly which knows exactly what you are capable of. 
that it's time the world found out. I am the fire within which will not be contained any longer. I am the quickening. I am the serpent uncoiling. I am Imolk. I am the dream of awakening. Wow. That was fantastic. I could just see life happening in my head. I had my eyes closed while you were reading that. And I, that was beautiful. And it was it's interesting because the first part, it was like, gentle and like hey this is hey we're happening things are changing things and then then it's like i am motherfucker i am doing shit this is happening we're not getting past it this is what's up and it's like man i you read that beautifully that was fantastic thank you that you know that that does um paint a beautiful picture in my head about what we've just talked about and i think that really does encompass the the uh, the the energy of imolk Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. See now, it's starting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Danica, you are the best. Thank you again for sharing this knowledge and this wisdom. Uh, Going to have you back soon. Oh, yeah. We'll be back for um, Spring Equinox. Yep, Spring Equinox and the right around the corner. Yeah. So keep an eye out for this. And we have done, just a reminder, Samhain uh, and Yule. So go check those episodes out. And we also did a... Uh, episode with Danica uh, about a year and a half ago about just you as a human being and what you do and all the badass things of <laughs> your wickedry and your my wicked my your, wicked yeah, your wickedry my wickedry and your uh, herbalism and <laughs> just like the the vast amounts of knowledge that you have. So thank you always for being here and I really appreciate you. My pleasure, Adam. You too. See you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining Danica and I. Please check out the show notes for links to get in touch with Danica or myself. Also, please share, like, and subscribe to the podcast. Help us support it. Obeisance and love. We'll see you all next time.